This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Back Row Bengals Show, college football playoff ranking special edition, all brought to you by fansided.com. Go ahead and head on over there. If you want to read about the Bengals, I just put out a brand new blog, how the Bengals can bounce back after that loss to the Chargers against the 49ers. But tonight, we are not talking about the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, the dream has been realized. The University of Cincinnati Bearcats football team has officially punched their ticket into the college football playoff. That glass ceiling everybody was talking about, everybody said that it couldn't be done. The University of Cincinnati has just kicked the door down to the college football playoff. I am your host, Josh Miller, coming in live, my brother, my the fellow diehard, the man that has experience Bearcats football at the lowest of low and the highest of highs with me, Brian Miller. Brian, welcome to the show. And how great does it feel? <laughs> we made it, man. We made we did it. it. We this made is it. it. What a time to be alive. I mean, seriously, the dream has finally been realized. It's been captured, you know, for so many years. We looked at, you know, we could, we just wanted to get a piece of it. And, you know, when the playoff first came out and Tommy Tuberville was the coach, it was like, oh boy, you know, we're in for a rough couple of years. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would have, would have thought that seven years later, after 2014, that UC would be in the college football playoff. It is truly remarkable. I cannot believe it. You know, just buzzed, buzzed with, with energy, buzzed from the game on Saturday and buzzed from the, the selection show, the whole process has truly been remarkable, man. I mean, I, I truly can't believe it. Let's talk about the American Athletic Conference Championship game. Obviously, you and I were there. It had the entire experience while we were there. Uh, I, I would say, personally, that was the best I've ever seen Nippert my entire life. I, the best I've ever experienced it. Uh, would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I definitely would agree. I think a close second might have been that Houston game in 2016 when Houston was ranked. Um, and UC wasn't, um, you know, there were a couple of the games. I mean, obviously we went to the Illinois game and that was pretty exciting back in 2009. Um, and then, you know, we were there for a couple of games, um, when they played BYU, um, but nothing really came close to what that atmosphere was on, on, uh, Saturday night. I 100% agree. Yeah. From start to finish. I mean, you think back of the great times at UC, you think about the cut last past couple of years, the game against UCLA, the night game against UCF. I mean, heck, you could talk about this year with Tulsa coming in with college game day. But I got to say, in terms of start to finish in the game and in the stadium, that had to be the best atmosphere I've ever experienced in Nippert Stadium. And I got to tell you, that does a lot for recruiting. And just like that, just like that, I just want to mention something before we get to the game. I'm getting notifications all day that UC coaches are out recruiting right now literally that quick. They're that quick. They're all over the country. Had a couple in California. Had a report of Mike Danbrock down in Louisiana. And a mm-hmm. lot of people saying, oh, he's even yeah. up. But no, actually, he was visiting a recruit down there. So all you Death Valley fans can suck on shut that. the hell up. Suck on that. <laughs> so that being said, it's just, it's just, it meant, it meant so much to the university. And I think we're going to be feeling that moment for, for years to come. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the grind of the college football season, you know, once they get done with that final regular season game, they have about a week and a half or so, or however long that 
period is to go out and, you know, fly out and go do some recruiting on the road before they get back and really get into focus for, for Alabama uh, coming up here on the 31st. So, uh, yeah, the, the grind of the college football season truly never ends. You know, it's you get done with your season, then you recruit for the next season, and then you get on get prepped for your bowl game. And then after that, it's on to spring ball and on to 2022. So uh, it's a year-long uh, process for those guys. But, man, they – you know, you want to talk about they, they easily could have, you know, kind of taken a couple days off after celebrating and getting to the playoff. Uh, kind of speaks to the testament of the coaching staff, I think, more than anything. Um, you know, that they were out there hitting the road, ready to make the process better. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't see, I feel like you don't see that kind of grind and grit, you know, with a lot of the teams. And, uh, you know, you see that that's where, that's where, you know, UC is, is at, that's why they're in the top four. Right. Exactly. That's exactly why they, they broke through. Another reason why is winning the athletic, the American athletic conference championship game. Uh, Brian, during that game, did you ever feel like UC was going to lose? I mean, obviously, as a Cincinnati fan, I, I always had that 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 nagging feeling in the back of my head that they could blow this, and it would be the biggest right. choke job that we've seen in a long right. time. And, and Houston is no knockover; like they they're a team that could go out and beat a significant number of Power Five teams. I mean, they're obviously eleven and one. Sure. That, that's it's a great that's a great team that came in the nipper, and UC made sure. them look look mid. Yeah, um, I think we both looked at each other at a couple of points on Saturday night uh, and thought, man, um, we felt like that this game was, you know, could have been slipping out of hand quickly. Um, And they ended up, you know, being able to pull through there uh, in that third quarter stretch. But I think the entire second quarter and I think at the halftime, um, the tension was tight. Uh, at Nipper Stadium because it was uh, it was you know one of those it was one of those things where as conditioned Cincinnati fans we were waiting for the other shoe to drop we were waiting for the penalty we were waiting for the coach out on the field we were waiting for something to happen right. that was going to cause um, cause UC to end up losing the game and how miserable how miserable would that have been had, had everything happened in place had everything happened in place and UC didn't take care of their business. It reminds me, it reminds me of 2006. The Cincinnati Bengals had a chance to go to the playoffs. They needed like three or four teams to win to get um, into the postseason. And they had all three teams win. And then it came down to a week 16 matchup at Paul Brown Stadium. The Bengals missed the uh, field goal to uh, go for the win. They ended up staying tied, went into overtime. And then on the first play from scrimmage, San, Be, Big Ben, Big Bad Big Ben throws the ball to Santonio Holmes on the first or second play of overtime. He takes it for a touchdown. The game's over. And just like that, our crushes, our hopes are crushed. It wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. Dana Holgerson couldn't do it. Clayton Toon couldn't do it. No. The UC Bearcats dominated. They did what they're supposed to do. And you know why? Because they're coached by a damn good coach. That's right. That's 100% right. Brian, do you think this is the new norm for Cincinnati teams to get it done when it matters the most? I mean, you look at Cincinnati, you look at UC, they went to Notre Dame, they went to Indiana, they got it there, won convincingly, covered the spread on both those games, beat Tulsa, won out, went undefeated, and then in the biggest moment of their entire football program, you know, 134 years of football in Cincinnati, they got it done. And also on top of that, look at the Bengals, Bengals are three and one in the division. Went into Baltimore, whooped their ass, whooped 
the Steelers' ass twice, and then on prime time, won against Jacksonville. Do you think this is a new norm for Cincinnati teams to win in the big moment? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's, let's <laughs> hope so. Let's hope so. I I would like to think that we have uh, left last decade in the last decade, and that this new decade coming up is going to be full of successes. And what a great way to start by getting a uh, by getting the uh, you know the invitation to the college football playoff, the coveted four spots that we thought was merely impossible for a school outside of the group outside of the power five and now here we are um everybody can just i mean just suck it man just literally suck suck it it. just suck it it. i know it's i know it's not really good radio speak just (laughs) just suck Suck. it man oh my god yeah absolutely let's talk about that defense you you brought up clayton tune and clayton tune was on his back it seemed like the whole game eight sacks from the Mm. university of cincinnati defense and the defense didn't look great to start the game. Really, really didn't. But at the second half, they settled in. They looked like a top ten caliber defense, and yeah. they 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 made a eleven and one Houston team look like they had no offensive line whatsoever. Yeah, uh, you know one of the big um, things that you know that when you recognize a, a good defense is when you see it is in the second half when Joel DeBlanco picked off Clayton Tune. Yeah, that play was ran earlier in the first half and they were kind of gashing UC uh kind of in that middle seven to 15 yard range right at, right across the middle and that was really uh they ran that play a couple of times and that was how they ended up scoring first drive I believe it was the first drive out of the second half um they ran that same exact play um and it was almost as if Joel DeBlanco was a spy but he knew either Mike Trestle, the defensive coordinator, told him, and they said, hey, we're getting gashed on this particular play. But Joel DeBlanco knew that he was reading the uh, quarterback's eyes, Clayton Toon's eyes, and he was able to pick off that ball. And then, you know, that ended up sparking the next score. And mm. uh, all of a sudden, we were in business. You're right. The route was on at that point. Then was up that, after a couple of possessions, Jerome Ford with another 40-yard touchdown. I mean, my God, has, how how great has Jerome Ford looked coming out of his injury? Big. I mean, and he really he could have, you know, you know, been, been not great. And and, and uh, to go against Houston, who has the third most sacks in the in college football, right, tied with Alabama, by the way, a really good defensive yeah. team, and to go for 165 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's it's just that's just that's just domination. That that's asshole. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll throw a proposition to you. Who Probably. has been more important to the University of Cincinnati over their years, Jerome Ford or Michael Warren the third? That's a great question. The only I would say this. I would say Jerome Ford is better. Is a better yeah. overall back. However, Michael Warren did it for longer, and he also yeah. did it in the stretch where this the UC team wasn't as good. It was almost like. He, I mean, he came with Luke Fickle, and he kind of brought the program up. That's a great. That's a great question. Oh man! I if you just take out stats, who's the more valuable? And you want to more like, valuable? The more valuable player, obviously, you want to take Michael Warren because he is like the definition of what a Bearcat is. Mm-hmm. But you look at the transfer, Jerome Ford, and what he's meant the past two seasons. Nearly put UC. Um, as winners in the Chick-fil-A Bowl, Chick-fil-A yeah. Peach Bowl a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, sealed, I guess you could say, multiple games this season and gashed um, 
gashed Houston twice, you know, near the the 50 yard line for touchdowns. Mm. So uh, to me, I'm going to say Jerome Ford. Can you make yep. a case for Michael Warren? You can because you could say that he's done it. He did it for three years, and he was also the first one to do it in the Luke Fickle era. You can, but I'll say, I'll, I'll say just, just in terms of, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say Jerome Ford is definitely probably the more valuable back. I think we're going to put the load on Jerome Ford when we do play Alabama. Yeah. I think he's going to be the reason that we are not only in this game but win this game. And uh, I, I think if we just control that ground game and this offensive line can get a push, who only allowed one sack. They, mm-hmm. you know, Des was under some pressure. That's a great defensive line that they went against. But they only allowed one sack. And Des had a good amount of time back there, and he unleashed a lot of really good deep balls. So I'll say, I'll say, I'll, I'll give Jerome Ford on that. Yeah. Um, so let's let's go on the offensive side of the ball. It looks like Desmond Ritter is in. He's in stride. It looks like. It looks like he's he's about to mold right back into old Des and what we knew, you know, at the end of last season. And yeah. it could have happened at a better time. Absolutely, man. And you look at over the, the course of the season, you look at the games that were just, just blech, you know, like yeah. the Tulsa game. You had the two-lane game Temple. down in freaking Northern. New Orleans. You had the freaking uh, – Game Navy game out in Annapolis. I mean, you had these games that were just clunkers. And oh, the year. UC teams of, of the past, the Fickle 4-8 and eight season, the Tuberville team, you know, obviously we know they would have shut down and lost. This team knew this year that they had something to prove. They had something to work for. Mm. You know, I mean, you really can't say too much about what they can't do. And, you know, that's – you know, it, it it it's hard to win all your games. It's it's hard to go. I mean, we we mentioned it before. It's hard to go thirteen and zero. There's only one team in, it's hard. in college football that has done this. Only one team in Division One that yeah. has actually done it. It's the University right. of Cincinnati Bearcats. Correct. Right. It, it's it's it, it's hard to do that. You know, and so hard it's to. like, you know, and, and just going back to the point, you know, the the fact that the offense was able to get points when they could, even though they, it wasn't perfect, it by no stretch of the imagination was was perfect. We we wish it was, but it wasn't. But they were they still found ways to win games. That's the sign of a really good team. I don't care who you are. I don't care what division you're in. I don't care if you're the Conference USA or the SWAC or whatever. That's a, the definition of a good football team. Absolutely, absolutely. And then on top of that, they did it against. They, again, the the thing that I always go back to with Cincinnati is that they will have clunkers of games, like we talked about, against Navy, against freaking, uh, you know, uh, what, yeah, South Florida. Tulane. Just, yeah. Tulane, yeah, South just, Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just bad, just bad games. But in the brightest moments is when they showed up completely. They beat Notre Dame by two scores. They beat, they covered against Houston. They covered the 15 and a half. They, they've done all of that. So now you get a, Full three weeks to rest up here before the, yeah. the Cotton Bowl. So I, I think that just the, this team and a lot of people are a lot of the casuals, as I like to call them, the casuals will say, Bama's going to hang sixty. Yeah. Well, clearly they 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 have not watched UC whatsoever. Then yeah. they go to well, think of the NFL talent on Bama versus yeah. UC. Yeah. Well, then yeah. I'll argue there is a lot of NFL talent on UC. I mean, we yeah. talked about it. I gotta tell you this: Joel DeBlanco has made himself a lot of money this year. Yeah. Oh He's yeah. Made himself a lot of oh, money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a third oh, yeah. round pick right there. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm. 
I'm I'm not ready for the for the argument piece from any fans saying that you know the UC's okay whatever fine look yeah. the average margin of defeat in the college football playoff semifinals is 21 points okay so it's three scores all right and so that you know right right there I mean I don't care who you are if UC goes out there and gets slacked 56 nothing. They just did something pretty remarkable that no one else has ever done before with the odds already stacked against them. Now, obviously, we don't want it to be a, a freaking blowout. That wouldn't be good. But to an extent, but to an extent, but to an extent, but my 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 point is that they've already a- accomplished something beyond the realm of what we thought was actually possible to begin the year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm I'm already ready to take that as the accomplishment now. If they go out and, and keep it keep it close, I mean, hell yeah, let's let, let's go out there, and let's go win a football game. But hey, 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 is the job finished? Is the job finished? I don't think so. Job's not finished. Yeah, job's not finished. I'm yeah. not. Ex- I'm tired of these UC fans saying, "Oh, we made it. That's all we wanted." No, that's not all we wanted. <laughs> we are going there to win. I don't. I don't understand this mindset of we're going there to. Have fun, and if we get beat, no, we're going near the win. We can win. This Bama team oh, is long. man. And I'll tell you this: I understand that the tide are going to be ready. They're, they're not. They're not. We're not going to catch them napping. We're not. Go, we're going to have to go in there and yeah. beat their ass, and we're going oh, yeah. to go in there and win. But we can. We can establish a great ground game, which is what we can do. And Bama's best part of their team is their wide receiving core. You know what the best part of our team is? Our secondary. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And then after yeah. that, you yeah. just get Jerome Ford. Give him the yeah. ball. And let's get moving. I am yeah. expecting to go in there and compete and win the damn game. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think in in terms of the, the actual football part of it, I think it's going to be interesting to see um, how the first half versus the second half plays out because mm-hmm. I, I, I do believe that the first half could be very um, – evenly matched or maybe more uh, favoring UC. I think it's really about that second half, that the halftime adjustments. Obviously, we know what Nick Saban can do at a halftime. We know what, what can happen. We'll see mm-hmm. what the second half brings. I think that'll be, the, that'll be the, the tail of the tail, so to speak. You mean the tail of the tape there, buddy boy? No, Russ the Black- tail of the tail. Russ Blackthorne, one of our, one of our best listeners and all-time, uh, uh, just all-time great fans, I think being satisfied with just making playoffs is defeatist. You go to the playoffs, <laughs> you go, and you win it all. And I'm a 100% agreement with Russ Blackburn. I'm tired of looking at it, oh, we made the playoff, this is it. Get, job is not finished. I want to yeah. go out there and win. I want to win the Cotton Bowl. I want to go, and I want to win a national championship, and I think this team can do it. And, and, I'm, ti- and I'm, just, I'm tired of UC fans being happy with where we are. Yeah, well – and look, man, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm the, I, I have that, that competitive fire in me too. Do you say, I'm not saying you're, I'm not Do saying ya? you're, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. However, however, okay. before we move forward, look, we still got what, like 20 some days till this game kick, kicks off on uh, December 31st. Mm-hmm. We still need to take a minute to appreciate and, and understand what, they accomplished this year. Oh, oh they well, yeah. That's not that right, right? But that's not that's not the what I'm first saying. First group of five school to make the playoff. 
I'm not insane. saying that they're not going to get here and just just go in there and just get like fair enough. But I am. It's not sixteen versus a one seed either in college basketball. I mean, this is this is probably it's, this is a, a a good matchup for UC. And I think that yes. we would have said at the be. I think we would have said probably two or three weeks ago that the best matchup for UC had they made the playoff was Alabama. It's not. Yes, we 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 probably weren't liking Georgia at that point. Mm-hmm. We probably did. We probably didn't think Michigan was getting in because we thought Ohio State was getting in. We didn't like Ohio State as a matchup. They got blown out by by Michigan. Now, uh, I would have liked to, to see Michigan, um, but I'm okay not playing them. I think Bama is the best matchup. Um, you know, Bama has struggled this year. They damn near lost on probably four, three or four occasions this season. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you look at the um, the most worthy opponent to possibly fall. Yeah, that's Alabama, 100%. And so maybe, yeah, I mean, I – I think UC could give them a serious fight. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And and here here's the thing. Again, I always go back to and, and I we saw it last year again in the in the Peach Bowl. UC and we saw it all this year. UC shines brightest when the lights are the brightest. At when at the mm-hmm. biggest moment is when UC yeah. shows up. They're gonna have yeah. three weeks to prepare. And you're yeah. telling me Luke Fickle's not gonna have this team ready to go out and win a national championship i mean are you kidding me are you kidding me luke fickle the college football oh, playoff man he'll have them ready to go he'll have them he ready will. to go he this will. team is he going will. to believe in themselves and i think as a as a city we need to start believing it we need to be like yeah, yeah we are going to go out and win speak we it are into win existence Bowl, and we are going to go to the national championship and we're going to yeah. win that damn thing too we yeah need you to know one of the two one of the underlying storylines of this game is going to be the coaching minds that will be at play here. And I mean, you talk about two good football minds. You got Nick Saban, who's been doing it for forever, and you the got the greatest Luke Fickle. college football coach. Yes, yes, yes. Versus, I, I am, I am very much in in agreement with that. And mm-hmm. until someone else comes to his national title status, I believe that is Nick close. Saban. Now. You look at the other sideline, and you got Luke Fickle, and he's got a plethora of coaching experience. He's also got the, um, you know, the brass ass, so to speak, the understanding of a college uh, of football. He's got that football understanding. Big fan, big fan. Shout out to Newport, Kentucky. Um, (laughs) But he's he gets. He's the home. He's the Home Depot Coach of the Year. He went back-to-back regular season undefeated. He went back-to-back AAC conference titles. And now he took it. He, he's done the impossible is, is bring them there. And, I, right, it, go back to it. And I know we're kind of jumping all over the place. I want to talk about the game against Houston. Now we're over Absolutely. the playoff. Yeah, we are. Now we're on <laughs> Bama. And we're all over the place. We're just – honestly, we're just so, so excited because – I'll give you a, a quick story here. Me and Brian were sitting up at, at the end of a 4-8 and eight season at the top of Nippert Stadium as we watched UConn miss the uh, tying PAT to lose the game. So UC won the game, and, and we all said, like, this is the start. This is it. And yeah. now here we are. Yeah. Now here we that are. Was a, that was a 4-8 and eight season. It was bitter Brutal. cold that day. It was it bitter was cold that day. We tailgated. Uh, we, we, left, we were out we, there. We did. We 
okay we were out there we were out there no we were at my we were at my apartment that was where we were we were at my that's apartment, right and we hung out yeah. on the balcony and just kind of just you know just hung out a couple of um guys, a couple of guys. just a, yeah a couple <laughs> of guys just hanging out on a saturday but right. so we, we went from there to the Yukon game and let me tell you there weren't, there weren't a whole lot of people there weren't a whole lot of asses in the seats if nope. if 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 you know what I mean. And we were there. We were there and uh we watched the end of the game and they ended up winning uh on some fluky stuff that Yukon was uh running. They went for a two point conversion, if I remember correctly. They didn't get it, and then all of a sudden they uh you know they missed the extra point as as you said and we ended up walking out of there that night or that afternoon, and we're like, "Yep, this is it." And then you look yeah. at you know some of the, the games the uh, following year. They took Navy forty-two nothing, and I, I remember sitting in the stands with you during that one. I turned to you and I said, "This is the start of something really special right here." I mean, this they steamrolled a steamrolled Navy, right? Steam and that was a, that was a good that was a Navy team that put up five hundred yards on them the previous year. That was a good so yeah, just yeah. to see. The, just the amazing uh, progress forward. Brian, I want to jump back over to the uh, the college football playoff in and of itself. I, I just got a yeah. question for you. I, I asked a lot of people. I asked Tony uh, at the Tony Mo football show at Twin Peaks. Uh, I was there. I got get to talk a couple with them. You know, again, a couple of guys hanging out. But <laughs> but I asked Tony. I said, if Oklahoma, if Oklahoma State gets those last few inches, scores, and wins the game. What percentage would you have give? Like, do you think no. UC still makes it? <sighs> Oklahoma State wins that game. Do you think UC still makes it? That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I I my, my heart says product? yes. If if I had a, a significant amount of money that mattered to me, as Milleger likes to use, um, I would say that. I would put the money for UC not being in the playoff if really? Oklahoma State ends up. But yeah, I just I it I don't know, man. It it just didn't feel good. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they they still controlled their own destiny at at that point. We we'll never know. Um, but thank God, thank thank God. God. Whoever that yeah. guy was that that made that stop on needs to yeah. break it. <laughs> needs to put a statue right next to Fickles. <laughs> yeah. We do need a statue of that tackle, literally at the goal. Line. I, was, I, 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 I do want to say before we, we move on, I want to give a shout out to the Sigma Sigma Commons for having mm-hmm. that game on mm-hmm. on that TV that's kind of right there in the middle of campus, showing that game while we were tailgating before the UC Houston game, and we watched the fourth and goal play as we were walking into the stadium after a couple of cold pops and we watched the, the, the stop and the crowd just went absolutely Nuts. wild, man. And like that, like, man, you talk about a memory. That's a memory right there, man. It's that goosebumps, that man. was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. So let's go, let's go back to that atmosphere again. End of the game. We rushed the field. <laughs> absolutely insane. That had to be, I, I mean, that had to be the best college football atmosphere Probably of the year in all of college football. I, I can't even think maybe you put Michigan when they beat Ohio State at home, but that didn't mean as much as honestly as much as this did because I mean, I would say this game meant more than that one this year. I would, yeah, say. yeah. You, 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 you think about what like you think about the buzz in the crowd. I mean, you just go, you just go back to go back to that day and you think about the buzz in the crowd 
Oklahoma State lost. Yeah. The lights were on. I mean, the crowd insane. was in their seats before kickoff, which is kind yeah. of a rarity here in, in, in Cincinnati for those who are listening from out of a out of, out of region. Uh, with the ba- the Bearcats and Bengals, it, it's a very late arriving crowd on all aspects. Mm-hmm. But the crowd was in there. The buzz was there. Um, you kind of just, I mean, it just it felt electric, man. Everybody knew what was at stake, which was awesome. Everybody Every knew time. what was at what was at stake. Every time they played Pump It Up, and I know you're not a you're not a huge fan of Pump It Up. I'm on the bandwagon now. You're on the bandwagon. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm on the bandwagon. Because that just God, the stadium just lights up when they play that. I'm song. on the bandwagon. The, and I know you and I are big cat scratch fever guys. I, I feel like they they still do need <laughs> to bring that back. I don't. They do. I hate that they went away with it. But they, they need. They to bring do. That back. They need. They, um, they have to. They yeah. have to. To attract to the newer generation. But our, our generation, we grew up on Cat Scratch Fever and Michael mm-hmm. Myers. Right. So. The Michael Myers on third down. Yeah. You get. You, a lot of the younger generation doesn't didn't really know about um how you with on third downs they would play the Michael Myers. This is during the Brian Kelly Butch Jones era, man. That that's old school, right? That there. was that was intense. That's old school. So Brian, let, I want to I want to go now to just what it has meant to the city of yeah. Cincinnati. The city, uh, just to give you a great example, obviously I'm on the Stripe Squad, huge and huge at, in the Bengals organization, big big time. But big. before before the game, obviously I'm sitting out on the stage. I'm sitting in the throw. I have a great picture of it. I'm sitting in the throne watching the college football playoff show, which is, which is pretty awesome. I got to get that Beautiful. photo. I'll, I'll tweet it out here in a little Beautiful. bit. But before the game, once they announced it and once UC was in, they put the selection show up in Paul Brown Stadium. And the crowd gave a real nice standing ovation. Even the Chargers fans were giving an ovation. Like it was, it was really, really fun. And then during the game, Chad Johnson comes on and said, I'm going to show you guys something that you'll like. And they showed the game against the Seals 45 to 7. And they said, I'll show you something that you'll really like. It's the 13 and 0 college football playoff. And the stadium erupted. It It erupted. This city is behind the Bearcats. And I think that this city has realized that we have a team that we can go around that delivers. Yeah. That delivers and doesn't give us heartbreak, yeah. and and wins in the big moment. Yeah. How do you feel about the, the University of Cincinnati football team impact on the city of Cincinnati in sports? Yeah, they're they're just they're just a likable team, and yeah. I want to take all my bias out of it when I say that, but it's true. They're a, they're a truly likable team. They have a, a a head coach who gets it, man. Mm-hmm. And you know what? For a long time in the city, we did not we do not have a lot of head head coaches who we think got it. You know, they might have got the X and O's and the, the schematics part of it, but just the, the football sense, right? Like the Marvin Lewis, I just I just don't think that Marvin Lewis got it from mm-hmm. not the schematics aspect, but from just like the football aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he just wasn't a very likable guy. Uh, he was just yeah. kind of a kind of a, a brittle guy. I think people like Luke Fickle. People yeah, like man. him. I don't, yeah. I don't think people like David Bell very much. You know, I don't yeah. think I didn't think People like Dusty Baker, Dusty Baker, but I, I think some people didn't like Dusty Baker. Yeah, we, we know we know people didn't like Mick Cronin. We know people don't like Travis Steele. We know people uh, we up know to this people, year. Talk about yeah. Zach Taylor. I mean, Zach, up to this the, year, 
I think the, the verdicts. Yeah, you know, I, I, and I think the uh, verdicts still out on Zach Taylor, but I think he, he gets it more too. You know, it's, mm-hmm. and when I say that, you know, that appeals to the casual fan. That doesn't appeal to me and you. Me and you are are gonna like the team no matter what, right? We have mm-hmm. the right. the blood, right? Mm-hmm. But to the casual fan, to the one who needs something to do on a Saturday afternoon, that appeals to them, you mm-hmm. know. And I think when you can get behind that. When you get behind the fact that they are going to a new conference, obviously that makes a, a huge difference and that they're yep. only going to spend, what, two more years in this stupid-ass conference and they're going to move on yep. to another one. And, you know, they have a, a quarterback who's a likable guy. He gets it. He goes to school. He wins. He has a kid. He wins. He takes he care wins. of the kid. I mean, he does it all. He's, he's a, a very likable guy. Look, this whole team is likable. I mean, they are. And, you know – it's just they just do it, man. They just do it, and uh, they just do it. And uh, you know, I I love the fact that we've seen more you know memorabilia, billboards, yeah. radio advertisements that sh- are showing UC football. I wish there was more. I wish that there was more radio shows de- dedicated more. to UC football. More, just because I I, I think that they're d- they're very much deserving of it. We're on one right um, now, there, big boy. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But you know, but you uh get you uh get what I mean though. I mean it, it's it's truly remarkable. They're a fun team, man. Uh yeah, yeah. and, and I, think? I think it's it, it's it's not only it's not only just the football sense of it, it's everything outside of it. It's dedication to the program. You, I mean, we saw Tommy Tuberville was not dedicated to the program. And you know, say what you want. Brian and Brian Kelly and Butch Jones both had success here. They didn't show true dedication. I'm staying here. This is my home. This is what we're doing. This is what we're building. They were looking for the next one out. Luke Fickle doesn't seem like that at all. It seems like these rumors keep popping up and they keep dying down immediately. And this team, and we we know this in this city. When you win, the fans come out. This, Absolutely. This city comes out. The city backs you. And we saw it happen this year. I got to say, this has been the best year in terms of home games because every single game, I'm pretty sure every game was a sellout. Everybody yeah. was in their seats at the start of the game. No matter how bad the opponent was, it was yeah. a sellout. And the teams, the player, or, I'm sorry, the city showed up. And when, this, when the team wins and there's a heartbeat, there's an excitement, there's a buzz, the city of Cincinnati gets behind you. And this is what they did, 13-0. and And I think this city is dying for a champion. And you know yes. what? Yes. You know what? We, we've been dying for a champion. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe, the University of Cincinnati football team, which four years ago you would not say would have the first championship in, in Cincinnati out of all of our pro and college teams. You would definitely not say them. But it's the most likely, and they're the closest. They're they're two games away. They're two yep. games away. It's a, a city. It's, it, it's a city with grit. It's a city that wakes up and goes to work every single day. It's a blue collar type of city, man. And now they got a winner. Now, to quote Bush Jones, we all got to hold the rope, and it's time to get in to the playoff. And we did that part. Now it's time to win a championship. And man, I'm just fired up just hearing that that Ry Ross speech right there. You might as well take your podium down the Fountain Square and start talking to people. And oh well, I'm gonna cut that. I'm gonna cut that. I'm gonna put that up there because I guess I, it's serious. I, I'm I'm tired of 
Oh, we counting up. Oh, we're getting, we're gonna get beat by Bama. Why are we even playing the game then? Why? Why? Yeah. We're going there to win the damn game. We're going there yeah. to win. We're going to Dallas expecting to win. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. Bama's a great opponent. We're playing the greatest coach of all time. And you know what? It, but that being said, I I am putting my money on the Cats. You know I'm betting the yeah. money line. You know that's exactly what I'm doing. And, and I'm telling you, I I think UC's got a, a real shot. And, yeah. Um, I mean, we, we got a lot. We got a lot. Got a lot going for us. Brian, can you imagine? Work. Can you Go imagine? Ahead. Imagine the hype if UC wins in Dallas. And they have a national championship game in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. On January the 10th. That would be truly insane. Insane. Absolutely insane. It's a home. I mean, it's a home game. It really is. It would be a home, a home game. game. 100%. It would be a home 100%. game. 100%. That would Indiana, be all, all of Indiana would pull for UC because at that point, I mean, I was hearing about it earlier today. You're going to start to slowly see now that UC is in and that like all the other pesky little you know, teams that were trying to get in didn't get it. They're gonna realize, okay, UC is the underdog. They're gonna, they're gonna be the darling. They're gonna be America's team. So, yeah. all of all, especially if they win, if they win, it's oh all, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, every that that town will be painted black and red. If we're playing Michigan, black and red. If we're playing. Actually, if Michigan, they will be. Boy, that would be a, be that would be a, a regional. Yeah, that would be a regional <laughs> matchup right there. You trash talk again. Are you kidding me? Are you the kidding other, me? The other Ohio school. The other Ohio school. School. Yeah. I'm stuck on yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and and you know what? You know what felt the best when I was watching the college football playoff show? Yeah. Was when they showed Ohio State yeah. at six. <laughs> And Notre Dame at five, <laughs> and then <laughs> UCF four. All that had to hurt. All that had to oh, hurt. Man. All of our listeners, you all don't know. Me and my brother have our family reunion uh, coming up on Saturday, and all of our family is Ohio State fans. And we're going in. We're not dressing up. We're wearing UC stuff, <laughs> and we're just gonna walk around. The just, just, just waving it in all their faces, say, "Hey, buddy, how, how, how's that taste? How's that taste?" All those yeah. Notre Dame, those Ohio State fans, take a picture of it, mount it on the wall, man. Correct. Pass it out to everybody that we know. Suck <laughs> on, on that. that. That'll be actually. That's gonna be my. Uh, that, that's gonna be my uh, white elephant gift right there. I'm having you see a bunch of UC gifts. It's just suck on that. <laughs> oh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Bad. All right. Well, Brian, we have a lot more uh, to get to, but I want to save it because we got we got a couple weeks until the game happens. Uh, we will keep going on Wednesdays. We're going to do our best. Obviously, we'll do one next week. We'll probably do a lot more. Next week, we'll probably be a lot more memories, maybe talking about some UC, other stuff. Uh, and then after that, we'll start getting really into the preview of the game, and uh, we'll go from there. Brian, real quick before we hop off here, let's shift over to uh, from football to the Crosstown Shootout, which is yeah. Saturday. One of the yeah. biggest, one of the biggest, the yeah. biggest inner city events um, that this city has. Uh, I got to say, probably the best, the most underrated rivalry in all of college basketball, maybe all yeah. of, all of NCAA sports in yeah. general. Yeah. Does it does it feel like the shootout has gotten let? There's less buzz. 
or less trash talk about the shootout because of how good UC football is doing? Yeah, I was, I was, I was about to, uh, you know, put, make that part of my answer. The, you know, in, in, in years past, it's always been the cross on shootout was a much bigger deal because UC football was, you know, going to some potato bowl or some, some like the, whatever Birmingham bowl, <laughs> the, the military bowl twice. Terrible. What the hell? Anyway, <laughs> so, but this year, yeah, it, it does feel kind of overshadowed with the playoff. You know, um, I think the rivalry kind of um, has some fuel taken out with Mick Cronin leaving um, and going to UCLA just because that him and Xavier didn't like each other for many years. It is ten. It is the ten year anniversary of the uh, Yancey Gates and Kenny Freeze punch out. So, oh, uh, always good stuff there from UC's front. How do you how did you feel about Wes Miller addressing Xavier as Egg Xavier Egg Xavier? I like and it. You know, man. and you know what? He did that on purpose. He, I like he knows it. what he he knows what he's doing. He, he brings he doing. brings some swagger, man. He brings some he swagger. So I think definitely he could fill in the shoes well of Mick Cronin and and you know kind of piss him off a little bit. Mm. Uh, and so I'm I'm very eager to see how they perform. I think it'll be an interesting game. They don't fare well at, at the Centaur Center, so I am concerned about that. If it was at Fifth Third, I would have thought differently, but yeah. I think it, it being at Centos makes it a little bit different. I wish they had it at Heritage Bank at, at, every year. Oh, no, 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 no. This is a campus. This is a campus game. Yeah. This okay. Okay. You're right. The, okay. Because we because we went to it when okay. it was at U.S. Bank. And Xavier fans didn't show up, and UC fans did, and, and yeah. it just there there wasn't enough. The it wasn't loud enough. There wasn't enough, you know, tears if, if the away team won, or, or or you know, cheers when you know UC wins at home. So right. no, I, I I like I like it on campus. It, Fair that's enough. Favorite thing about it. Um, yeah, UC is going to be fighting an uphill battle. I mean, I do think clearly Xavier is a better basketball team in terms of just talent. And being together for longer, and, and I mean, obviously, this is Wes Miller's first year. He goes out and he wins the. If he goes out and he wins the shootout, I mean, that's 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 a big huge, one. Huge. That's a big, big one. one. That's setting the tone uh, for years to come. I was talking uh, with some of my old barstool buddies about the date of the Crosstown shootout, and I I very much aired my grievance. I wish that this game was more towards January or February. I think yeah. it would be better for the shootout. I agree. I I, I agree. I, I, I hate that they shove it at the beginning of December. Um I honestly wish it was the last game of the year. Like that would be that would be my mm. that would be that would be fun. Like uh, mm-hmm. March the last game in March before getting to the conference tournament is you, you schedule that one. And that would cause right. a bunch of scheduling conflicts and I'm, I know both both conferences don't want to take don't want to take on for one rivalry game mm. um a couple years ago i want to say almost probably 10 maybe 11 years ago maybe less than that um they had it um like kind of like in the middle of february um and it was fun you know i mean yeah. you know both 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 teams were good at the time and it was going to be a matchup and i think you see if i remember correctly you see ended up winning that matchup at fifth third arena but to your point yeah i i wish it was later in the year yeah, it's just it's just not not only are the teams more developed at, at that time, it, it's going to mean more, 
and also it's not overshadowed by football. Like the entire city can focus on one game. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think the hype and the buzz would be a lot more. But yeah. I think. I, but either way, man, it's the Crosstown Shootout. It's UC. It's Xavier. It's Xavier Hate Week. It is 7:49 p.m. and Xavier still, still sucks. sucks. They suck. They suck. I'm taking the Bearcats plus the eight and a half. Give me the money line. Same. All right, Brian. Brian Miller. I want to thank you so much for coming on and uh, go Bearcats, man. This is some great conversation. Go Bearcats, man. All right, y'all. So this has been the Back Row Bengals Show College Football Special Edition. I am your host, Josh Miller. You can find all of my blogs on the uh, uh, what, what, what's the website? Uh, stripehype.com, or you can go over to fansided.com as well. Read some of my blogs over there, uh, and uh, they're published every day. We'll be back tomorrow talking Bengals, previewing the uh, dreaded matchup against the 49ers. It's going to be a great one. So uh, from Brian Miller and Josh Miller here, the Bearcats are in. We play Bama in the Cotton Bowl, and your boy, Josh Miller, is picking the Bearcats to win. We'll be back here next Wednesday. Thank you all so much for listening. Go Bearcats, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.